You're listening to The Hot Tag with the real tag team champs, Matty Ice and Axel the Axeman, where we talk everything wrestling. Welcome back to Hot Tag with the Tag Team Champs. We are back for episode 10, believe it or not. Um, We are winding the season down like we said earlier in our last podcast. Um, This will probably be like one of the last like real um, recordings that we're actually going to do. We might have like a a podcast or two just for a little fill-in in between the holidays. Uh, because we won't be together, but um, yeah, so it should be interesting here, so um, we have a couple good topics that uh, we wanted to touch base on, Um, so we should probably get this thing rolling. Yeah, Um, like Matty I said, we're winding down for season one, I think I speak for Matty Ice, too, saying it was a pretty successful first season. So glad that we got 10 episodes in. Uh, the Anchor app was uh, really good to us this year. Uh, glad that we got that suggestion for the Anchor app. Uh, so all you listening, if you want to start a podcast, uh, go ahead and look up the Anchor app. It's uh, free to use, super simple and easy. Uh, Matty Ice and I just get together and record and you just publish and uh it goes to spotify right away and you got to wait a little bit for it to get uh okayed by uh apple Podcasts. but then after that pretty much mainstream but uh where do you want to start this week matty ice you want to start with uh jr or do you want to start with uh kenny omega you know what let's start with uh jr um just before we get going here, I apologize if there's any baby talking in the background. She wants to be part of the podcast, too. <laughs> we got uh, the living baby legend, Julia, with us on the podcast today. Um, and uh, she is talking up a storm here. So if, you, uh, if you're listening and hear some uh, blabble... That's just little baby Julia trying to get uh, famous on the podcast. So, but let's uh, let's get going with Jr. Yeah. So, last night I sent uh, Maddie Ice an article that I stumbled across. Oh, that I stumbled across uh, about uh, I guess Jr. had he's got his own podcast. It's called uh, Grill- Grilling Jr. Right. Matty Ice? Uh, yeah. And I guess he had made some comments about some of the moves that uh, some of the guys are using in wrestling these days, as in uh, over-the-top jumps and super kicks and DDTs and stuff, um, and how they're, they're being overused. And back in the day, you know, you know, Jake the Snake used to use a DDT, and that was it. You were done. And Shawn Michaels with the super kick and, and stuff like that... Um, and I think he got a lot of flack for it because, you know, the Young Bucks are always super kicking people and everybody's always using a DDT and and uh, everybody's jumping over the top rope in AEW. So uh, what, are you, what were your thoughts about that article I sent you? You know, I didn't get to read the whole thing um, because as articles do come up, 
uh, with the advertising and whatnot. It kicked me to a bunch of advertising, so I didn't get to read the whole thing. So, um, unfortunately, um, I only got through a portion of the article, but I kind of got the gist of it from what I read um, with Jim Ross stating his opinions, and I believe his opinions, um, like, all those moves that used to be, like, finishers, like, are just regular moves that people are hitting, like, clotheslines and whatnot, and that's, it's not really right, I mean, like, people are hitting power bombs all the time, you know, and you're gonna kick out. I, I forgot what, uh, Jim Ross said, um, in that article, maybe you could help me out, something, um, <clears throat> I, I don't remember word for word, but essentially he he came out and said that along the lines of how, like I said earlier, um, you know, like people like Jake the Snake or Shawn Michaels were hitting DDTs or super kicks, respectively, and how uh, he didn't know if if because these moves had become so mainstream that he was basically insinuating like, oh, the wrestlers, you know, getting used to said super kick or said DDT or, you know, or the wrestlers not hitting them as strong as what they used to. You know, he's basically trying to stay a little kayfabe in the situation, but he seemed, you know, pretty adamant about how frequently people are hitting DDTs and they're instantly, it'll be a, a fall, you know, close count two, and then they kick out. It's not a you know, the only guy that I can think of who has people not kick out of his DDT is John Moxley. And it's not even called a DDT. Yeah. Which, essentially, it's a double underhook DDT. So, right. um, you know, I, I kind of agree with what he's saying, you know. But it, but that's the point of wrestling that we're, where we're at now. Uh, you know, people are, you know using these moves and getting used to them, but that's, you're always trying to one-up the next guy, um, and that's just where wrestling is now. I would like to see it go back, um, but I'm so used to seeing DDT as just another move that if they went back to it being a finisher, I don't know if I could buy it or not. Yeah, I mean, you probably wouldn't buy it, I mean, after everything's been hit and whatnot. So, um, nowadays... But I thought there was something else uh, with that JR comment that he said something else. But I might have to go back and read that article um, a little more in depth. Um, but yeah, I really think that um, all these dives to the outside, I mean, he was talking about the group of guys on the outside, like, acting surprised, like, oh, the guy's coming off the top rope. I mean, they're all together. They know what's happening, like... And they're not catching each other either a lot of times. A lot of times the guys are just, like, letting them fall, too, sometimes. So. Yeah, I um, I started noticing uh, when AEW first came out. My I was talking to my dad about it, and um, he had mentioned to me that the AEW guys don't always catch the, the wrestlers all the time, where in WWE... I think they'd get in big trouble if they didn't catch them coming to the outside like that. Yeah. So that's when I started noticing it when when my dad said something to me about it. Which, yeah. 
you know, now it's it's hard for me to not notice it. Right, yeah, and if you're not protecting your uh, your fellow teammates, you know, I mean, that could just lead to your injury, their injury, um, career-ending injuries. I mean, a lot of people, like, had career-ending injuries coming from all that stuff, all that high-flying action. Um, I know there's been a few people that actually died in the ring. Yeah, that uh, La Parca. Um, I don't remember. I don't know if you remember. It was earlier this year, or maybe late last year. He did a dive to the outside and and hit his head on the guardrail. And I think he finished the match, but then he had complications from that later, and he ended up dying from it. Yeah. So. But yeah, no, I agree with what he's saying. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't get too much flack from some of the guys in the back, but. It's hard to say, you know, I I would think that the, you know, all the AEW guys would come to his aid and see what he's saying because he's been in the industry so long and I grew up on, you know, listening to JR. Of course, he was in the WWE then, but um Yeah, I don't know. I just hope he just doesn't get too much flack for what he said. Yeah, you know, that's like um um, like with chair shots too. I mean, how many times did you see Mick Foley get hit in the head with a chair and like stagger away? You know, I mean, the business stopped being protected like a long, long time ago too. Um, with some of the finishers and um, just the abuse that these guys took. So. Um, I think um, we could get back to where it was, but it would definitely take some time and some, like, people just, like, realizing that, hey, you know, it's got to be, like, more realistic here because... They're doing some pretty big impact moves, and you're like, oh, you're going to kick out of that? Like, <laughs> if I go kick somebody on the street in the face, you know, I mean, they're going to feel it <laughs> if they're not knocked out because, I mean, I am a ninja master. Yeah. Um, no lie there. I mean, I, I took taekwondo for a couple of years, so um, I do know how to throw a kick. But, yeah, how you were saying about the kayfabe thing. I saw something last night as well on Twitter. And I guess a fan had reached out to Alexa Bliss on Instagram and asked her why she hadn't been on TV in a while. And she replied saying, uh, oh, I scheduled a vacation months ago. And obviously, it was a joke. She was trying to be funny and play off the fact she hasn't been on TV for a while. But then I was reading all the comments, and people were like, oh, I can't believe she'd say that. Way to ruin kayfabe. Like, hello, she's just being funny. You can't be serious and in your character all the time. I mean, I realized I was part of the business at one time. It's not anymore. But there's too many people who take it too seriously. Yeah, I mean, it got it's getting to a point to where, like, um, with some of these people, like, everybody knows that wrestling's a work. Okay, like, 
but still, like, you gotta keep some real aspect in it, because, like, that's how it used to be. Like, okay, if I was a heel, I was a heel 24-7. You see me in the airport, you ask me for an autograph, I tell you to get lost. Right, like, you know? M- like MJF does now. Like MJF does now. I mean, does MJF need to go, like, overboard like he did, like, a year ago or whatever? With, like, a kid at a book sign or at a signing or whatever? Probably not. I mean, you don't need to flip off a 12-year-old kid. Like, that's kind of unnecessary. That's a little much, yeah, I agree. Right. I mean, if you're a professional, you would know how to do that in a professional manner, I mean, to a kid. Granted, I mean, this is what we've got from, like, that Attitude Era is, like, Stone Cold used to flip everybody off, you know? Flipping the boss off, flipping everybody off. I mean... That was back then. I mean, I think society as a whole kind of got um, suckered into, like, that whole thing. And everybody's, like, kids nowadays are just, like, totally disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that actually has something to do with it. I mean, but, I mean, when I'm at home, I'm watching with my, my daughters, AEW or... NXT or WWE, whatever the case is, and they're saying all these naughty little words that kids should not be saying, you know? Right. Or flipping each other off or whatever the case is. I mean, it's not necessary. I mean, granted, I mean, you're in the market for that teenage to, like, whatever age group you want, but... I mean, when I have young kids watching and they're, like, flipping each other off, like, I have to, like, stop watching your program or something because my kids are learning bad behavior. I can't yell at them because they saw it on your TV program. And I'm letting them watch your TV program. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a hard one for sure. Um, you know... It's it's a hard it's a it's a hard line to hit, you know, it's it it it's one of those things where it's like you wanna you wanna see them do good stuff and stay in character and everything, but then it's another thing when you got kids watching too, you want them to not press the line so hard. And it is really hard and you know, I think the last time I remember re- thinking to myself that wrestling was real and not a work was probably, I don't know, I, I was definitely in grade school for sure, and the, it it just blows my mind sometimes when I see adults say things on social media and get mad about how things are, and it's like they almost don't realize that it's for show, it's a work, I understand they're playing characters and stuff like that. Um, but, um, you know, it's almost, it's almost sad when, um, adults don't understand that part of the wrestling business. Yeah. You know, and, and that's with the wrestlers too. I mean, they go out on social media and they bark or whatever the case is and like fans take offense to that. That's, 
That's what society is nowadays. Everybody takes offense to everything. And you can't say that, like, being a heel, well, Chicago sucks because people in Chicago are going to be like, oh, well, that's just mean. Like, well, that's what wrestling was about. I mean, it was drama. I mean, you got to get heat if you were a heel. That's the easiest way to get heat, cheap heat. Like right. we talked about before. Right, right. And I think um, to kind of circle back to your point about how wrestlers back in the day, um, you know, stayed in, in, in character longer out in public and stuff, and a heel was a heel the whole time. You know, I think it's a lot harder for wrestlers these days with the social media. They're always, even if they're at home, they're always connected to fans because of social media and stuff. Right. I mean, it's it's all connected with social media. I mean, even your heels back in the day, they weren't allowed to sell merchandise. Like, I couldn't buy a Ric Flair t-shirt because he was a heel. Right. You know, because they that was their gimmick. They don't want you to buy their stuff. Right, yeah. You know? They want you to hate them. Exactly. They want you to hate them. But, so nowadays, MJS is selling shirts. And scarves and, like, and, and yeah. scarves and all that stuff. I mean, Rosedale Donaldson and scarves for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, not that I blame Stone Cold because I really liked his, you know, good guy. You know, he was like a bad guy, but everybody liked him, so he's kind of like a good guy character. But that's kind of what, he kind of changed wrestling with that character. Yeah, I mean, he did. I mean, the business needed to evolve, obviously. Um, but... It, well, I should say it had to evolve because, like, they broke out of character and whatnot to do that, uh, the click thing. Yeah. So that's pretty much what basically set wrestling off was that click movement thing because then they had to do something because, oh, wait a minute, you have these guys and they hated each other in the same ring, giving each other hugs. Yeah, now they're, yeah, now they're buddies. Yeah, that... Right. Yeah, I agree with you, but, you know, I know we went on a rant, but I think we both like JR, and we see where he's coming from, and we just hope that he doesn't get too much backlash from it. Hopefully, we don't get too much backlash from it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if wrestlers are going to backlash him or something, I think they need to grow up. Right. You know. <clears throat> yeah, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Right. So, I mean, that's his opinion. I mean, a lot of people agree with his opinion. And that's just how it is. I mean, if the New Age wrestlers want to bash them, then, you know what, let them bash them. But in, in, in all honesty, I mean, nobody's wrong or right. But there are people that believe that, like, that whole sportsmanship of, like, getting hit with the DDT and, or super kick or whatever, that was finishing moves, you know. I mean, that's just like the power bomb. That was a finishing move. Now everybody kicks out of the power bomb. Right. Back in the day, Sid Vicious hit you with the power bomb, you were done. Vader hit you with the power bomb, you were done. I mean, the Undertaker hit you with the tombstone to kick out? You kick out of the tombstone pile driver? I don't think so. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know? You know, yeah, hopefully, and then one day, hopefully it's not, you know, 
I know it's going to come a day, whether or not anybody agrees with me or not, there's going to be a day where somebody's going to kick out of the one-wing angel. I know it's super protected right now. Right. But I don't know if you noticed a couple days ago, or maybe it was a couple weeks ago on uh, Dynamite, they said something about n- nobody kicks out of the one-wing angel. Yep. It'll happen eventually. Yep. Don Callis uh, reiterated that on uh, Wednesday night when uh, Kenny faced uh, Joe Janela. And, yeah, I mean, somebody's bound to kick out of the one-winged angel, you know. If I'm going to kick, uh, if I'm going to super kick you six times, like, in a row, in a match, like, and you're going to kick out after that, well, then everybody should be kicking out of every, everybody's finisher move, and these matches should just go to a draw. Right. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, people can't kick out of somebody's finisher move, but there's a time and a place. There is. I mean, that's like when you're playing a wrestling video game, right? Like the WWE wrestling video game. You got that, that finisher like right away, right? Yeah. And you hit somebody with the finisher and they had like full health or whatever like that. They kick out. Right. Right? Yeah. Like you're playing the computer, they kick out. Yeah. You got to hit them with that finisher like at least a couple times to like diminish their health. Right. So, I mean... That I get. I mean, if you take them by element of surprise, but that's like Goldberg coming out and giving you the jackhammer, the spear and the jackhammer. Right, right away, yeah. Like, like 30 seconds in the match. You're going to be done, or are you going to kick out? Right. I mean, if somebody hit, if I walked into your house and you just speared me through the front door and then picked me up and jackhammered me, I'm probably not going to kick out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, but I probably won't. <laughs> you might give it a... a a college effort. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see. Time will tell going forward with JR's comments. I mean, I know, you know, he's not very prone to making lots of comments, so hopefully this doesn't mess him up, you know, and turn him into the next Jim Cornette because I know Jim Cornette says whatever he wants and he's got a lot of hate guys who don't like him and stuff and, He's pretty vocal about what he believes, and it's his way or no way. So, Kind of like your buddy Vince Russo. No, don't even get me started <laughs> about Vince Russo. Let me tell you something, bro. <laughs> bro, back in the day, bro. <laughs> yeah, that guy's vocabulary is strictly bro and maybe a few other words. But yep. So so glad he's not in wrestling anymore. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess he is. He's got his own thing. He's got like Smoky Mountain Wrestling or something he does or Smoky Mountain Wrestling, that was uh, Jim Cornette's. Or he does some, he does something down in, like, the Smoky Mountain region. Um, well, let's go. Just don't televise it. Uh, I think it's on the Fight Network. Oh, all right. Bummer. So I, I, I pacif- specifically don't watch it. That's for sure. Just because of Vince Russo. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, uh, I think maybe we should uh, touch base on the Kenny Omega angle. Um, Kenny Omega um, has been doing that cross-brand promotion between Impact and AEW for the last two weeks here. Um, it's kind of bringing up interesting topics of like the possibility of brands working together. And we both are like on the same page of like, that's great. Like that's, that's huge for wrestling. And uh, I think that uh, 
when he was talking about being like a belt collector, like if he took the Impact title away from like Rich Swan or something like that, right? And he just kind of like went on and on and on about being this belt collector guy, kind of like Austin Aries was. He's like the original belt collector now, you could say. Besides, like, the Road Warriors, because they held every title and every promotion that they're in. So, but anyways, um, yeah, I mean, if he started collecting belts and whatnot, and then started claiming to be, like, the real world's champion, you can finish this one off, X. Yeah, so, yeah, like I was saying, I would like, because there's been rumblings that, um, you know, obviously, we all know now AEW has partnered, you know, got a working relationship with Impact. Um, but there's been rumblings uh, that, you know, as soon as the, as the coronavirus kind of settles down, now that this vaccine's out and stuff, that, um, that AEW is going to be working with New Japan. And... I would like to see that as well, and I know New Japan has had a working relationship with ROH, and I know ROH has had a working relationship with NWA, as well as um, AEW working with NWA's women's division. Um, and I know we've touched base on past episodes about all, all um, you know, Impact and AEW, ROH, NWA, and uh, New Japan all working together, which is something that we're still wanting but to go off of what you were saying, Matty Ice, about the real world's champ, you know, if Kenny Omega keeps going around and collecting all these belts and AEW keeps a working relationship, you know, with Impact and Kenny Omega wins the Impact title and then, you know, maybe he wins the IWGP or maybe the ROH heavyweight title or whatever, you know, that's a good segue into uh, bringing in the real world's champ, Nick Aldis. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that'd be a, a great segment. You know, obviously it's going to take some time and and all these promotions are going to have to work uh, Kenny Omega into their, you know, title picture and have him win the title and they have to be okay with him doing that or whatever. And, and like, you know, AEW could do it now. I know I've heard Don Callis call Kenny Omega the world's champ. And maybe they're in the works of doing it now. It's going to take some time, but... Um, Oh, I think that'd be a great feud. I mean, I know um, that series, that 10 Pounds of Gold with uh, Cody and uh, Nick Aldis was really good where they wrestled. And I know Cody pretty much said that he would like to wrestle Nick Aldis again, but he didn't know how he could work it into the story mo storyline that they've got going on now. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I'd like to see Kenny Omega and Nick Aldis wrestle for the NWA title. Yeah, so would I. I mean... There's so much uh, nostalgic in that title. Um, that would just, like, pretty much bring Kenny up to, like, the level where he should be. I mean, he's held a lot of nostalgic titles. I mean, the New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling title, I mean, that's pretty nostalgic in itself. Um, but, um, yeah... They got that in the works and put that together. Oh man, that would be great. I mean, why wouldn't you want like a 
traveling world champion going to promotion to promotion to promotion. I mean, that just makes all the sense in the world. Like, bring the world's champ, like, the real world's champ, like, to Impact, to AW, to ROH, NWA, obviously, because NWA would be the world championship, you know? Keep that going and, like, just... Let everybody have their champion, their uh, their their in their own champion or whatever, but just have a traveling world champion. Right. I mean, why not? Right. Exactly. And you know, if Kenny Omega keeps this, because at first I thought he was going to be the cleaner, and it kind of seems like he's kind of the cleaner, but they've been calling him the collector lately. You know, and I like, you know, that Kenny Omega is kind of got a new character he's not you know reiterating an old character in new japan but if he stays this collector you know then he can go to another promotion say you know roh or whatever and then he kind of puts the fear in everybody you know they're like oh kenny omega's here we better watch out he might take our title kind of thing you know what i mean he and and you know it kind of seems like he might be vying for that impact title next. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, if that if that happens, I think wrestling as a whole can only get better. I mean, it's not going to get horrible. That's for sure. Oh, no. And and like I told you um a few weeks ago, you know, this is the most exciting excited I've been about re- wrestling in a very long time. I think the last time I got this excited was when I uh, first got turned on to uh, Impact when it was TNA at the time. You know, coming across all the the new guys and the guys that made um, TNA what it was, those X-Division guys, you know, your Samoa Joe, your AJ Styles, your Christopher Daniels, you know, all those guys. And that's what made TNA great. And, you know, that's kind of how I, I get that feeling me personally, I get that feeling with seeing, you know, all these promotions work together, you know, Impact and AEW working together and and everything. It's 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 good. I like it. It's it's what I want to see, and it makes me excited. It makes me want to tune in every week to several episodes. So yeah, if you can uh, watch them. Yeah, if I can work it into the system, right? Yeah, you've been slacking. So um. So, yeah, we think that's that's great. I mean, if that actually does happen where Kenny goes and takes other belts promotions and becomes like the belt collector and uh, they all blend together and become like one as a whole under like one title, I mean, that would be great. And then just have your traveling champion. And so we look forward to seeing what actually happens in transpiring. Um, Obviously, that's one angle that we would love to see happen. So we'll wait and see what plays out, and we'll give us our uh, our next thing to talk about, you know? Yeah, and, and not only, you know, is that a good thing for wrestling, but then they can split the costs with things. You know, I know Tony Khan, you know, they're the big ticket money guys in AEW and, you know, Billy Corgan and NWA and, and you know, Access with Impact and, and so on. But, you know, if they're all together and, doing big shows and splitting costs and stuff, that's better for wrestling too. You know, right. then they can 
spend more money and get bigger name guys and give them what they deserve and stuff. And and I think, you know, they're giving Nate, uh, WWE a run for their money. And, and uh, I think they can definitely, you know, definitely push them out of the main event picture if they... Uh, they keep up with what they're doing now. So, definitely. You know, I think Julia's trying to tell you something. I think she's either telling you that you have to stay here by undoing your laces and your shoes, or uh, she's telling you it's time to go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well, I think we'll take a quick break and then. Uh, We'll come back to the second half of the episode and uh, see what we got next for you guys. Yeah. Well, welcome back from our uh, little break. Little baby's eating some uh, ham and some goldfish. Yep. She's got an applesauce waiting to go. Are you just about ready for your applesauce? She's looking at us like, hey, don't talk to me. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, during our little break, Matty Ice brought up uh, a good point, uh, and I think we're going to put it in the podcast. Um, Matty Ice, you want to get us rolling on your topic, and uh, I'll uh, chime in here and there? Yeah, you know, with uh, we're, we were talking about Sting and his um, involvement in uh, AW as of this far. Um, he's always coming out with... For uh, Cody Rhodes and like, um, kind of interrupting Cody getting like beat up by Taz's guys, Taz's crew. I don't know. Do we have a name for Taz's crew? Um, I've just been calling them like FTW. Um, I know that's the name of that belt that Taz had. Right. But um. I don't really know, like, what else to call them, um, besides, like, you know, Taz's guys or FTW. I mean, yeah. I don't think they've really come with a name. Yeah, I don't think so either. So, anyways, so Sting always interrupts Taz's guys now from uh, giving Cody some whoopings or whoever else on the uh, Nightmare family um, that's out there. And you have Darby Allen looking up, or looking from the stands. And, the, and then Sting kind of looks up at Darby Allen, because we all know Sting is here for Darby Allen. So whatever role he wants to play for Darby Allen, I mean, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast. I think we did, but uh, um, the last time we talked about Sting. Yeah, I think we did a little bit. That, uh, like... Sting, or Darby Allen reminds me a lot of Sting right now on his character and sitting up in the stands and watching Cody. So that reminds me a lot of the the early Sting with, when he developed that cruel character. So um, I think that with Sting being a part of Darby Allen, like being like a mentor, coach, kind of uh, um, manager for Darby Allen. I'm trying to think of the word, sorry. But um, 
yeah, if if they like put Sting in that role with Darby Allen, man, Darby Allen, I I think the sky's on like the limit for that kid then. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, Cause Darby Allen's still fairly young. I think he's like late twenties, early thirties, um, which is pretty young when you think about people hitting mainstream. Cause usually guys don't make you know fully get mainstream until you know like mid thirties, right? Well, I mean, I guess it depends. It all depends on how you put yourself out there on your social media or whatever. Um, on YouTube, but um, yeah. I, I I agree with you. I would like to see, you know, Sting keep staying out there with Darby Allen, but maybe instead of him being like a manager and coming to the ring with him like Arn does for, you know, Cody or you know Tully with FTR and Taz with his guys, what would you think about if Sting was kind of like, quote unquote, Darby Allen's like guardian angel? He sat up in the rafters and just watched, and he like. If Darby Allen seemed to like get uh, you know into trouble, people are gonna beat him up. Then Sting shows up with the bat kind of thing. Like he's just there, kind of hidden. You know what I mean? Like he's just looming there, bringing back that like old school crow character. You know. That would be interesting. You know, if Darby Allen gets in trouble, they can have a zip line. Yeah, or like cable coming up, or like you know the lights go dark or something, and then all of a sudden. You know, Sting pops up and he's got the bat and then everybody jumps out of the ring or, you know, um, you know, Darby Allen's talking and they just somehow in the picture have Sting in the ra- in the stands or the rafters behind him, always just behind him and watching him uh, kind of thing. Like, he's just always there. So then people are always thinking, okay, I don't want to mess with Darby because then Sting's going to be there. and and then you don't get Sting physical with anybody until maybe like later on. You know, Sting's just always there. He always just shows up and he's got that bat. And everybody always runs away. So Sting doesn't necessarily have to do anything. He's just there. I mean, he can do stuff maybe later down the road. But he's just always there for like the back of your mind kind of thing. Yeah, uh, that brings up a good point there. I, I like that, actually. I like that a lot. Um yeah, that would just be so much fire, I think. Um, I can't see anything bad coming out of that situation. Yeah, um, I mean, that kind of just came to me when you were talking about him being manager, and I know we've talked about it for, before, but, you know, that was kind of like Sting's thing when he first came back to w- WCW as that Crow guy. He just always watched and was always just watching and, and waiting. So I think that would be interesting. Um, I don't know how much wrestling he can do uh, since he is a little bit up there in age, and you know he did get hurt last time he was in the ring with Seth Rollins. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if he's cleared, but then that way AEW's still marketing off of him. They're still, he's still there. He's still, you know you know, making an impact and stuff, you know, I don't know. I I feel like, and, and it helps Darby Allen in the end. Pushes him higher, you know, yeah, he's a baby face, and maybe that takes away from him a little bit, 
But I honestly don't think so because babyface is always getting ambushed, you know. And you got to have somebody run in to come save them. Yep. So. And why not that be Sting? Right, exactly. Yeah. Right, so then you're not, you know, then you're not having Cody do it because Cody lost the title to him. And Cody shouldn't want to save Darby. Cody should want that title back. And the same thing with, you know, who else are you going to have running to help Darby? Darby's kind of a loner. Nobody really is supposed to be with Darby. Darby's his own thing. And I don't want to see Darby, you know, join any faction, so to speak. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think you keep Darby mysterious and have him with Sting. Right. And, yeah, just run the table with that. Run the table with that. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I think... uh... We kind of hit the nail on the head there. I mean, that's, you know, something that would be really intriguing and really great to see. Um, you know, another thing I'd really like to see is um, I, I want to see uh, them develop more about this Sean Spears with Tully and Tully with FTR thing. Like, it's yeah. Tully doing kind of like a Bobby the Brain Heenan where he managed a bunch of guys and they weren't really connected? Or is, you know, are they going to come out and say, you know, you know, we're together, we're a faction? Yeah, where, where are we on that? Yeah, that's a good, good question. Um, I mean, obviously we wanted to see Tully redo the Four Horsemen. Right. And who's that fourth guy? Who's the fourth guy in there? I mean, we came up with different options. And uh, I think we came up with some pretty good ideas with those. Um, we could see uh, Nick Aldis coming in with an NWA world title and saying, hey, I'm the real world's champion and where are the four horsemen? Yeah. And that, I think we... Maybe have nixed that a little bit with the Kenny Omega thing now, but that could still happen. He, they could still, you know, Nick Aldis could still come in and tell Kenny Omega like, "You're not the real world's champ. I am." And then here comes Sean Spears, FTR, and Tully out there with him, kind of thing. You know? Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm intrigued with that, but I don't know if you've if you've paid attention um, with with Dynamite, but they're pushing a lot of people lately. Um, I know uh, I know you don't watch Dark too much, but um, Brandon Cutler, he had no wins whatsoever, and now he's up to seven. Okay. Sean Spears has been on a big win streak. They've been really pushing uh, Scorpio Sky uh, in singles competition. So... I think 2021 is going to be a pretty big year for Dynamite, and uh, they're going to push some some guys. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, we'll find out, like, what exactly happens here soon with some of these guys and uh, see where everybody develops. Um, I hope big things are in store for 2021. Uh, hopefully the pandemic here ends and we get back to – like actual full-blown live wrestling. Sorry, we apologize. We had a phone ring and stopped our recording. The Axeman owes everybody a beer for his phone going off during the podcast. I'm surprised mine hasn't went off yet. 
I'm sure it's probably bound to happen here shortly. My wife is uh, probably getting home or leaving work in 15 minutes, so see what happens. Um, but, um, yeah, to go back and reiterate, like, the pandemic's kind of kept everybody away from each other, and we haven't really had, like, full-on blown storylines. They've been working with people that they have, the talent that they have and whatnot, and seems like everybody's having a baby. Moxley's having a baby, and they just announced that uh, Cody and Brandy are having a baby too. So congratulations to those guys. Um, babies are a, a joy and a blessing. Yeah. And funny at the same time, because Julia is funny. Yeah. But, um... So, yeah... It, it would be interesting to see where, where stories go from there as soon as we get back into to everything. So, Yeah, no, that is going to be, going to be, what? Yeah, that is going to be interesting, um, seeing how things change and stuff and get better or not get better. Um, but, um... A couple more things that I was kind of looking forward to is if um, New Japan does get together with AEW, and uh, AEW's got a lot of the guys who used to be in the Bullet Club, I've been seeing some things on Twitter from uh, from Tama Tonga talk about um, Bullet Club stuff. Um, and say, he said something the other day about, oh, we're still together after seven years, and it was like a picture of uh, some current Bullet Club guys. You know, I don't know if that means that then they have another feud with ex-Bullet Club guys and the current Bullet Club guys, or what that really means. Yeah, who knows? Um, I mean, they could branch out and do their own thing, kind of like the Elite did. Yeah. Um, I know that when, with New Japan, when you start your own faction, it's got to be approved by, like, everybody, so, or the, the, uh, head honchos or whatever the case was. Okay. Because the elite had to go and do that and become the elite. Okay. So. Because, yeah, I think I saw just recently that, um, Jeff Cobb has started his own faction in New Japan. Okay. It's like him and a couple other guys. Uh, I'll have to show you uh, later on. But it seemed pretty interesting because Jeff Cobb was in that tag league tournament. Um, and I don't know if you saw the results, but um, Tama Tonga and Tama Lo- uh, Loa won that that tournament. So Okay. So they're the tournament champs. Um, but, yeah, no, yeah, I'm interested to see how things are going to – how fast or how slow things are going to happen after the the virus is kind of on the back of everybody's mind and everybody can start traveling again. Yeah. Um, But then, you know, another thing too is, you know, it was nice to see um, Undisputed Era win that War Games match. Um, But what do you think going to happen to them going forward? Do you think they're going to move them to Raw and SmackDown and break them up, or 
You think all those guys are done? I don't know. I mean, I can't see Kyle O'Reilly being done. I mean, Kyle O'Reilly, he's got a lot of talent. I mean, Bobby Fish, he's probably towards maybe like the end of his career. But, I mean, look at Christopher Daniels. I mean, he's like seven years old. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, he's he's older and he's still performing real great. So. And Chris Jericho, too, yeah. Yeah, Chris Jericho, too. I mean, some of those these older vets are uh, putting on – probably better matches than half the talent that's going on out there right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just, I've got a soft spot in my heart, as all you listeners know, for Adam Cole and Undisputed Era. Um, so I just don't want to see them get uh, misused up on Raw or SmackDown, and I know things aren't looking good. I mean, SmackDown's been pretty good lately. I've seen lots of highlights um, from the shows, and I think the Carmella feud and Sasha's really getting, Carmella and Sasha feud's really getting going. Yeah, I know that that feud right there, Carmella and Sasha, and then the angle that uh, um, the head of the table has with Kevin Owens is, is like, pretty much carrying that, that whole show, I think, in my opinion. Um, so, it got some good things going on. I mean, if, um, say, Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era comes up to, like, SmackDown, I mean, we're, I mean, I don't know how they all fit together. Right. I mean, they had the New Day, and then they broke them up. So, like, the only big fat, I mean, you could have them go up against the Hurt Business. That's true, but they're on Raw, so. Right. So... And I don't feel like Raw's been doing anything good besides Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss. Yeah. So uh, there's like a lot of different things out there, but I don't really see them fitting on the the main roster. I mean, they're all relatively smaller guys. Uh, The main roster's kind of big. I mean, we do have small guys on the main roster, but... um, The small guys just... They never really work out with WWE because of the WWE standards. Right, yeah, you got to be the the biggest and baddest guy. Yeah, and maybe maybe it's time for them to jump ship. They're not going to let them stay in NXT. Maybe it's time for them to go off on their own. You know, um... It seems like it never fails that WWE brings in somebody outside, takes a lot of light from you know wrestlers that probably should be getting that light. I mean, I thought Pat McAfee did a pretty decent job in War Games, and he's been hot item and stuff. But you know, what about all these other wrestlers that you've been developing? Developing, you know, what about Cameron Grimes? And you know, you had. You know all these other guys. What you know? What are you doing with them? Why are you bringing in some guy who used to play football? Same with, thing when they brought in Gronk. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, Pat McAfee. He trained with Al Snow in OVW, um, so he's got um, the background. I mean, obviously they're not going to put him in a war games match and just have him have no kind of skill. I mean, that's the nature of the business. You know, I mean. 
and you say that he's not trained, he's not a pro wrestler or whatnot, he was trained. They're not going to throw everybody, anybody in there and not have them know how to take bumps. I mean, the guy jumped off the top of the cage. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> You're going to protect him. You're going to make sure that he's well capable of handling himself in the ring, especially with those guys. I mean, those guys, those guys there, they would protect him anyways. I mean, it's not about hurting your opponent. It's about how much money you can make. Right. I mean, if you guys got good chemistry... You can make a ton of money with those guys. Right. Yeah, and another thing too is they were gonna they wanted him to be trained because if he wasn't trained, that's a good way to get somebody else hurt because then they're doing extra stuff to make sure that he's safe and things like that. And you know, I know we rag on WWE a lot here, but they do do a lot of good stuff, you know, when it comes to you know, making sure guys are safe and protected and stuff. And, you know, that's 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 a good thing for them. I know CM Punk's come out and said that, you know, they really pushed him when he had, you know, all these ailments and stuff and didn't want him to take any time off. I'm not going to come come out and call that guy, a, call CM Punk a liar because um, that may have happened. I wasn't there. I don't know. But I feel like for the most part, Wrestling promotions are looking to keep guys safe because, you know, if you're not, then you're kind of a dirtbag because um, it's all about people's safety. You don't want people getting hurt and because and, uh, that, that has other implications besides just uh, your show. You know, that's their lives and, you know, you don't want to see a 30, a 30-year-old guy walking around with a cane because you didn't train somebody the right way and took a wrong bump and now he can't walk right so yeah I mean some of that wrestling back in the day yeah they were probably pushing guys way too hard and not having them trained properly I mean there's a lot of guys I mean even take the young bucks for example only one of those guys went to wrestling school the other one taught uh um, the other one at home in their backyard wrestling ring. So, um, you gotta, you gotta protect your guys. And, um, I mean, if they're not ready to be in a spotlight, they're not ready. I mean, some of those girls, they got pushed real hard and, um, they weren't wrestling trained and whatnot. And they're expecting them to put on good quality matches. I mean, that's that was half of the attitude era was seeing those girls in bikinis and whatnot and being stripped down to their underpants. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because they couldn't do anything and now they they're able to do stuff, it's better for the business. I mean, a lot of those people too, like like Vince sees you um that you might have talent or whatever and like pushes you to the main roster after after like very very minimal training and whatnot, so you might be pushed to the main roster with very minimal training, and end up hurting people or you getting hurt yourself. I mean that's not good. That's not good at all. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, but yeah. Um. Matty Ice, uh, do you have anything else that you want to 
touch base on as we uh, wrap up this season going into uh, 2021? Well, I think the pay-per-view is going to be on this weekend. I don't know what WWE pay-per-view it is. Um, I think it's TLC. TLC, I think. yeah, TLC. So Kevin Owens, watch Kevin Owens and, uh, and uh, Roman Reigns put on a good show. So hopefully um, they put on a good show and uh, things happen pretty nice. So, so watch that if you can. Ten or nine ninety nine on the WWE Network. I mean, you might sign up and it might be free. So, yeah, I think it that'll be a decent um, pay per view. Um, like Maddie Ice was saying, I think the the highlight of the, I think there's there's two matches that I want to see for sure. I think the Carmella, Sasha Banks match will be pretty decent. Um, that feud's been pretty hot, like we've said before. And then uh, same thing with uh, KO and uh, Roman Reigns. I think that'll be a good one. Good one, too. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, we we want to thank all you uh, listeners out there that supported us through Season 1. Our loyal three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, come back for Season 2 for sure and spread the word and... And let everybody know, um, Matty Ice and I are going to keep gearing up for Season 2. Um, Try to get some good content uh, going for you guys. Yeah. Keep you guys intrigued with our podcast instead of uh, just being lame. Talking about the same old, same old wrestling. Kind of like uh, wrestling is now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we might have a few recorded episodes uh, early in Season 2 that we are, that are pre-recorded. Because of snow, and Maddie Ice and I both have to do uh, snow shifts. So we'll see how that kind of goes, and hopefully you guys like the content that we pre-record and stuff. But, um, yeah, we hope uh, all of you really enjoyed Season 1 and come back for Season 2. And um, please, please, you know, we always put our email and Twitter on here. Follow us on Twitter. Um, send us emails or contact us on Twitter and let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. You know, this is our first season. This is the first thing we were doing. Uh, so we want to get better. We want to put out better programming for all of you and stuff. And, uh, hopefully, uh, going forward, we can only get better and, uh, we can bring you more content each and every week, and hopefully we uh, start watching more and more wrestling. I know both of us would really like to get back into New Japan and and uh, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we once again, thank you guys for listening. Yep, thanks. And uh, remember, wear your mask, watch your distance, and for God's sakes, please wash your hands. Yeah. Yeah, now, especially now the vaccine's out, we're going to kick this, you know, virus in the butt. And uh, hopefully next year there'll be, uh, everything will be safe to go back to normal. And uh, we can go start hitting some wrestling shows heavy and everything gets better. So uh, thanks, guys, and uh, we'll see you next year. See ya. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us by email. Our email is hottagpodcast.com. 2020 at gmail.com.
follow us on Twitter at Beer City Boys One. Hot tag out.